0: All it takes is a click to listen to RTI Online. Get exercise for your finger and exercise for your mind at English.rti.org.tw.
1: This is Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today. In just a moment, we'll be taking you over to Ear to the Ground with Andrew Ryan and Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes, hosted by Carlson Wong. But first up, as always, it's time for Here in Taiwan. Hello, 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 and welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Wednesday, November 27th. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today, we've got Paula Chow. Hello. And Charlie Stora. Hi, John. In just a moment, a tale of hubris and snakes. Then, a tale of two runaway children who've been found and the reason they ran away. And after that, a tale of borrowed books. All that coming up next. Please stick around. up today, a Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes, a uh, Game of Thrones
2: cars, a Throne of Cars, Car of Thrones. We couldn't get the rights to the music. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't sing too much. This we'll get is uh, uh, this is uh, a decorated cart inspired by HBO's uh, trademarked hit series Game and of
1: Thrones books. and the books. Yeah, was still,
2: still waiting for the uh for book 6. I don't think it's ever going to happen <laughs> to be honest. Anyway, but uh what has happened is a decorated cart inspired by Game of Thrones claimed gold and brought home a cash award of 200,000 Taiwan dollars at 6 Point four thousand U.S. dollars at one of Taiwan's most fun motorless vehicle competitions, the 2008 Siraya Go Kree Car on November the 25th. So I guess in this kind of sort of like a box car event, I'm not sure if they actually raced them or whether you just made your car and you know it and and, uh, and showed it but That's now now in its fifth year hmm. yes
1: well why would you do it and then not race it
2: that seems like a wasted effort i know it does doesn't it did, do you know Paula did they uh, did they race the cars
3: mm, i have no idea it
2: doesn't say here mm. uh, but anyway the uh, event took place at the Zomalai farm in Siraya national scenic area mm. 43 teams were taking part vying for the biggest title while showcasing their creativity and craft uh, there was a lanu. Canoe-themed go-kart. So designed according to the traditional boats of the uh, people of uh, Lanyu or Orchid Island. Um, But the team that stole the limelight was Golden Flying Dragon, which it says here was inspired by the fire-breathing dragons in Game of Thrones. The yellow dragon. Here's here's the thing where it falls down, though, because they don't have a yellow dragon in Game of Thrones. There's three dragons. One of them's black, one's red, and one's green. Although now it's an ice dragon, because uh, after the events of uh, season seven, sorry, spoiler alert. Maybe copyright infringement again. <laughs> well, it, it says, like, it's, it's, it's almost as if, like, dragons aren't part of Chinese culture. Well, a yellow dragon,
3: I guess that's, you know... Yes, <laughs> it, sounds it,
2: more, it sounds more like a tra- traditional yes. mm-hmm. Chinese dragon. So they're localizing it. I, I guess so, okay. Well, yeah. Game of Thrones-izing it. But uh, it featured uh, exquisitely made paper scales and a fiery look, leaving everyone wowed at the perfect execution of the work. Of course, the dragons, they're quite good at perfect executions as well. If you get executed by a dragon, you're just like a steaming pile of boots within uh, two seconds more or less that's not what happened here though <laughs> they just made a car
1: and now a little public service announcement if you have a glass terrarium with a snake in it don't stick your hand in uh, that apparently that's something that people
3: need to learn isn't that right, Paula? Right? This actually happened to a guy who lives in Goung um, City. He um, keeps a poisonous snake um, and it 's a pet, and the uh, the snake hasn't you know eaten anything for two um, for two months so last week he um, did live streaming on facebook he told um, you know web users, I just want to know." Um, what would happen to me if I put my hand, you know, hmm. inside the box you know, where I kept the snake. I could faint right now away. he knows. Right, I mm-hmm. could be you know, rushed to the hospital. Now watch carefully, see, uh, you know, what will happen. Hmm. And anyway, so at first... Um, you know, he actually prov- provoked the snake. He put his hand, to, you know, inside the, the, the box, and he he challenged the snake. So he said, well, come, you know, bite me. I don't think you dare to do that. You know, why don't you bite me? <laughs> so at first, the, the snake, um, you know, don't, um, didn't want to, you know, um, you know, want to leave that guy alone, you right. know. But he kept, you know, pushing his right hand into the snake's mouth, so... And the this, this snake um, had no way to go. And then this guy, you know, keep pushing, keep pushing. Oh. So all of a sudden, the snake, you know, you know bit him. Right. So he he shouted. he I mean, he used dirty languages. And then, you know, you know what happened to him. Yeah. So he called the ambulance and the ambulance came right away and sent the guy to the hospital.
1: Hmm.
3: I think this is really stupid because he did live streaming on Facebook. Well, that's where we are. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I think he a, abused our... As a
1: species, our... that's where we are. But let's pause for a second. Waste of taxpayers' money, uh-huh. Yes, like he's you're bu- saying, Abused
3: our yeah. medical care system. Well, know? let's pause for
1: a second, though. Why hadn't the snake eaten in two weeks? Had he not fed it?
3: Uh, he, he said Was he didn't, male? you know, see so, the snake for two on. months. I think he did so it we on purpose. So into got a,
1: into a twist over, you know, uh, those claw machines with animals. I think he could be charged with something then. Yeah, I Is think that he not should because,
3: yes, he abused our medical care system. You well, know, and, animals. No, animals, and he abused
1: though. the snake as well. And, and also I mean, the snake, yes. We had some controversy over where their vertebrates count, but snakes have a spine, don't they? Or right. It's, it's <laughs> not, so uh, I think he may have some legal, in addition to medical bills. Uh, yeah, just don't try this at home. All right, over now to a story that happened last week, but has just appeared in the Taiwan News this week. It's about uh, two children, both of them aged 10, and they live in Jiayi in the south of Taiwan. Uh, but on November 23rd, the pair of them went missing, and the parents reported them missing because after school, they didn't come back. Uh, now, before anyone starts worrying, they were found, uh, as, the, as Taiwan News phrases it, safe and robust. I think they mean sound. Sound, I think,
2: is is the idiom there. Safe and robust
1: sounds like an insurance policy. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so yes, they were found, and uh, this is the miracle. I mean, the upside, I guess, to kids these days and their mobile phones, because uh, they were able to use the location service to find out where they were. And what they had done was run all the way to Kunding. It says here. Now they had only one thousand NT dollars in their pocket, so around thirty bucks US. And had traveled about 200 kilometers by rail. Uh, it says that they rode to the last stop, but they must have gone further because the train doesn't go down all the way to Kunding. No, it's, but then you can jump on a bus. I guess a Taiwan's southernmost point. Get there, yeah. I mean, they must have been they must have been away for hours because even if you take a high speed train from Jai, it's still over a two hour ride. I think. Down there, Mm. Uh, they were eventually found at a convenience store. The uh, people at the convenience store reported them to the the, the police, and uh, they were reunited with their parents. And there's a very nice uh, photo. Of course, in Taiwan, you have to blur out the faces. I think of minors and things like that. There are laws about this, so you can't really see their faces. But it is a happy families reunited. Uh, And the reason they'd run away, they'd been scolded by a teacher, and decided that they'd had it. They were going to go <laughs> go uh, ride the rails around Taiwan, you know, the life on the road. Well, pretty soon Taiwan is going to have a reading day.
3: Right. The reading day is um, uh, December first on Saturday. It will be held at the Daan Forest Park. And according to our um, li- uh, gov- uh, government library, it says um, on average um, Taiwanese read three point two books um, per year.
1: And these are borrowed library books, right? Two point three. Uh,
3: th- three point two books.
1: Three point two. Still right. Not very good.
3: It's not. It's I've... not good at all. Because uh, but t- ten years ago we read about um, two. Point uh, yeah, about two books um, on the average per year. So well, this, actually, not, not read. We borrow. Okay, sorry. borrow. Borrow books from public libraries, but this is not really um, good because um, according to the our our um, central uh, library um, in Europe or in the in North America, people borrow over ten books. On average, per year, from public libraries. Really? Yes. Well, is this
2: just? uh, Does this signal a downturn in reading, or does it just mean that there are other options available? You know, we can download books very, very easily. Yes, that's a possibility. Uh, You know, books are not so expensive to buy.
3: Yeah. But anyway, to encourage um, the public to read more books. So the Central Library is going to um, hold the reading day at the Daesh Forest Park. And then they call it a reading festival because they said there are all kinds of activities, including storytelling, pop music and other performances.
1: Hmm. Well, that's very nice. I mean, and I think it, we at least have a little bit of an uptick in book borrowing. I mean, didn't you say it was two ten years ago? So two, that's yes. That's no, one that's book more per person. Actually, that adds yeah. up if, if, if everyone's counted. Yes, you yeah. know.
3: The education official hope, um, hopes that in the future, you know, Taiwanese people will borrow at least six books per year mm. from public libraries.
1: Well, I hope that they, what the, the other thing that they do is to clear out all the sleeping people and students in the library because uh, you can never mm. get a seat there. And it's always yes. these students who just decide that that's their nap time room. But.
2: Are you aware of the trend of, I mean, a lot of people, they treat bookstores like libraries.
1: Yeah. Like oh, got the, yes. elite bookstore,
2: the elite bookstore—the one that's book open store. 24 right. hours a day—but you, you go in there. there's people, you know, they're often like sprawled out on the floor reading a book, and mm-hmm. then you you sort of walk over them. And one of my friends, he was, going, he said, you know, I was just just talking to a friend in the bookstore, and then I got this stink eye from someone who was just read who was there, you know, reading one of their books, and I was like, what? You do right? This is a store. This is not a library. This is a <laughs> store. I'm allowed to talk here. Right. Mm-hmm. But I,
1: All right, another dash of hubris here. This weekend, have we learned nothing? Uh, I think people, the public is being asked to name another thing. Is
2: oh, yes, right? Uh, right. Yeah, this is this one. This is so, okay, we've been talking a lot about, in the news especially, uh, there's this drive for Taiwan to make its own military hardware. Uh, in particular, uh, submarines is one project. And, uh, and jet trainers, so training vehicles for, for Air Force pilots. And so... Um, And now the military is launching a contest to come up with a new name for its advanced military supersonic jet trainer aircraft that's currently in development. Now, the thing is, they'd already sort of put out um, a name for this. They already had a name for this project. It was going to be called the Blue Magpie. Sort of a the
1: national, which is like a national
2: bird, it's one Thailand's mm-hmm. national symbols, and it's uh, and it's both beautiful and vicious. Not so it's very quite nice, uh, no. so it's quite it's quite appropriate for uh, yeah for a, 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 a military jet. But now apparently they've decided they're not going to do that, and they're going to have a vote on it as well. So plainy McPlain face <laughs> that's never gone <laughs> trainee, before trainy McTrainer face. Um, <laughs> but asked at a press conference on Tuesday to announce the contest why the military was ditching the. Name. Major General Tang Hong-an, who's the head of the Air Force Command's planning division, he sidestepped the question. He said only that the military wanted to allow public participation in the naming process. Because, you know, the military, they love public yeah, participation. It's odd, they're all about that. I think they we'll love democracy in, yes, in we'll the military. Yes, we will also win the
3: prize if we participate. Is that a yeah, yeah, Yes, they will give uh, the, the winner. If they choose you, your, your entry, they will, you know give you a price i mean
1: at least at least like you know pre-selected names this really has never ever gone right <laughs> okay here, here's
2: the conditions. so only roc citizens can take part so oh, john darn. you and i are out <laughs> uh, uh unless we unless we suggest a name to paula and get her okay. it, her name maybe uh, the names you submit must consist of two chinese characters and be accompanied by an explanation of no more than 100 words. So they don't essay. they don't want to they don't want to read a whole they don't want to read your whole thesis on on this. They're mm-hmm. just just one little paragraph that that's fine. Uh, the winner of the contest you'll get 50,000 Taiwan dollar cash prize which is much less than you get for uh, making a Game of Thrones dragon car. By oh, the way, really? you, know, you get yeah they won two hundred they won two hundred thousand NT for that. So top thing for naming Sizeable. for naming the mili- the pride of the of uh, of Taiwan's next uh, military accomplishment. You know, no, you only get a quarter of that amount. Uh, with runner up getting thirty thousand and third than twenty thousand for
1: third place. Well, two Brilliant. Chinese characters. I can think of a lot of ways that could go wrong still, so... <laughs> Plenty. Um, yeah. We'll see how that ends up. Mm. Anyway, that's all from us today. Uh, please stick around. We've got Ear to the Ground and Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes coming your way next. And of course, don't forget at the end of the hour when we bring you one more thing. For now, I'm John Van Trieste. I'm Paula Chell.
2: I'm Charlie Stara.
0: Democratic elections are often a source of trauma, from cutting debates to fights with family. And of course, not everyone wins. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Ground, a unique Taiwanese tradition that helps to wrap up the elections.
3: And ear to the ground
0: It's Sunday night, about 24 hours after the elections. I walk out onto my balcony to see what all the ruckus is. The woman with the microphone waves at me. That's Ye Jin She's just been re elected the chief of our neighborhood. He's walking through the alleys with a handful of people thanking the neighbors for re electing her. Now, I can't see the speaker that they brought with them, but it sounds like the kind you use for karaoke with the vibrato turned all the way up. Every one of your votes means more responsibility for me, she says. I hope you'll give me guidance in the coming days. This is a tradition known as piao or thanking people for their vote. Usually the candidate stands on the back of an open truck, like this candidate who's just been elected mayor of a city in central Taiwan. Thank you. We listen to the voice of the people, she says, as the parade of four trucks sets off on a journey through the city. Sometimes there's a huge motorcade of trucks like this one in New Taipei with people playing big drums like the kind they use for temple processions. But my favorite Xie Piao parades are the ones that take place in rural areas, like this one, where they set off firecrackers to greet the victorious county councillor candidates. This is a mountainous Truku tribe village in Hualien County, eastern Taiwan. Arigato! You may be surprised to hear Japanese, but many of the indigenous languages in these parts contain Japanese words, a throwback to the occupation which lasted until the 1940s. If you voted for a winning candidate, it's a lot of fun to see them passing by in person, and it helps to solidify the win and shore up support. But what if your candidate loses? Believe it or not, those candidates will also take to the streets and thank their supporters. There's one particularly moving video that's being shared this year. It's of Su the losing DPB candidate for mayor of New Taipei City. He's standing up in the back of an open truck, getting drenched in the rain, and he's bowing deeply, over and over again, to the people they pass by. And all you can hear is the rain. There's no microphone, no speaker, and no drums. A man on a bike pulls up next to the truck when it stops and looks up at the candidate and wipes tears from his eyes. And Sue reaches down and pats the guy on the back. You can't hear what he's saying, but you can imagine he's telling the guy not to lose hope. It's been a tough election this year, not just for the losing candidates and their supporters, but also for people who feel strongly about same-sex marriage, nuclear energy, and the name that Taiwan uses in the Olympics. It's the first time Taiwanese voters have been asked their opinion on so many wildly divisive issues. And with 10 questions on the ballot, it seems like nobody walked away completely satisfied. But hopefully, this tradition of xie piao, or thanking the voters, can help to tie up the loose ends of the election and help life return to normal. At least until the next election rolls around in just 14 months' time. With the near to the ground, I'm Andrew Ryan.
4: Explore the beauty of Chinese and Taiwanese traditional music on jade bells and bamboo pipes. Hello and welcome to this week's Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carlson Wong in Taipei, and on today's show, we'll be listening to Sona Concerto Lady Hua Mulan, composed by Guan Nai Zhong and performed by Taiwan's Kaohsiung City Chinese Orchestra. Huang Mulan, according to the Wikipedia, is a legendary woman warrior from the Northern and Southern Dynasties period that's between 420 to 589 of the Chinese history, originally described in the Ballad of Mulan. In the Ballad, Mulan takes her age father's place in the army. Mulan fought for 12 years and gained high merit, but she refused any award and retired to her hometown. Though her existence is disputed, She is most believed to be purely fictional. If you like animation, 20 years ago in 1998, Walt Disney actually produced an animation feature called Mulan. Lady Huang Mulan concerto is divided into six movements and the first movement is Mulan weaving in the tach cottage. And it shows how gentle and kind a girl Mulan is and describes her filial piety to parents as well as the peaceful life in the countryside. First movement of Sona Concerto Lady Juan Mulan, Mulan weaving in the thatched cottage. And next, we'll listen to Military Situation Worried People. The music starts with the sound of hoofbeats in a distance, reflecting the enemy coming near. Then the officer came to recruit Mulan's father as a soldier. Mulan was very worried, considering her father and the country. She disguised herself as a man and joined the army. This is the second movement of Sonar Concerto Lady Huamulan Mulan performed by Taiwan's Kaohsiung City Chinese Orchestra, and this orchestra was established in Kaohsiung City in the southern part of Taiwan in 1989. The conductor at the time was Guan Aizhong, who graduated from the Composition Department of the Central Conservatory in 1961 and Guan Nanjong is a very famous musician and next we'll listen to Women Can Be Downless as Men and again you're listening to J-Bells and Bamboo pipes. I'm Carlson Wong and today we feature Suona Concerto Lady Huan Mulan Women Can Be Downless as Men is the third movement in order to persuade her father and family Mulan recounted many heroic deeds of women in the past, and finally she put on a war robe and went on an expedition. Can be as dauntless as men. This is the third movement of the Sona Concerto. Lady Huan Mulan, based on singing melodies of the Yue local opera from Henan Province. This work gives rein to the speciality of the sona in imitating the singer's voice. It also shows various difficult techniques of the instrument and the music, as we mentioned in the very beginning, is about the legend of a heroine, Huan Mulan, who substituted her father to join the army. And now we'll listen to the fourth movement, gain a victory over the enemy. The music describes the fighting at the battlefield and praises Mulan's heroic spirit. Art 4, Gain a Victory of the Enemy from Sona Concerto Lady Huan Mulan. And now, Section 5, Return Home in Triumph. Mulan returned home while people hailed for the victory. Turn home in triumph section 5 of the Sona Concerto Lady Huan Mulan composed by Guan Nai Zhong and performed by Taiwan's Kaohsiung City Chinese Orchestra and the last section section 6 dress up as a woman again taking off the wardrobe Mulan put on women's clothing and sat beside the weaving machine again the home was peaceful and her story was passed on from one generation to the next. I do hope that you have enjoyed listening to Lady Huan Mulan, performed by Taiwan's Kaohsiung City Chinese Orchestra with the conductor, a famous musician, Guan Nai Chong. Thank you for listening. For comments and suggestions, please write to PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan and our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And again, RTI's show for Radio Taiwan International. Please write to me as, again, your letters and emails, comments and suggestions do mean a lot to me. I'm Carlson Wong. Once again, thank you for your company. I'll see you next week. Time goodbye.
1: so much for joining us today here on radio taiwan international i am john van Trieste, back in the studio once again with paula chow and charlie stora and we're here to leave you with one more thing today we leave you with calendars i mean you would think that these days we all have them in our phones but who needs them but in taiwan they are well loved still yeah,
2: well, especially when they're as pretty as these. This is the story of the Taiwan Forestry Bureau that's launching a limited edition animal calendar featuring some of Taiwan's most iconic animals. This is a follow-up to last year's widely popular calendar. And so the Forestry Bureau, under the Council of Agriculture, is launching their 2019 animal calendar. On December 1st, the launch is at the Huashan 1914 creative park here in taipei and now the theme of this year's calendar is uh, animals that are found in the satoyama do you know what the satoyama is i do not yeah <laughs> well it's obviously the japanese word um I'm, I'm trying to think what the english word for it would be but it's the land at the intersection of flat land and hills so the foothills Foothills, foothills that's the word isn't it yeah the foothills i, I hope they
1: didn't go writing that in english on it because that's very confusing that like, <laughs> like, are you sure not the japanese the animals
2: of the satoyama
1: are you sure not, you're not the japanese forest theme <laughs> okay <laughs>
2: uh yeah the foothills animals of the foothills yeah with images depicted in a distinct hand-drawn style uh now each month is going to depict a number of animals according to type of species so it's not one an- sorry if you're you know if you're a badger or whatever and you wanted your own Spread. April April, or whatever, no, you're going to have to share the space with other animals. But it'll be a nice, uh, nice little uh, montage. Uh, month depicting, uh, it'll be according to the type of species. So there'll be a month depicting butterflies, all kinds of butterflies, and then birds on another one, insects, and amphibious animals as well. Uh, amphibians, I think, as we call them. The animal calendar is printed with environmentally friendly inks. Uh, and it's a limited edition. Each copy will cost 250 Taiwan dollars, so that's uh, just over eight dollars US. Uh, the aim of the calendar is to encourage people to think about Taiwan's environment and uh, various ecologies, and to introduce the dozens of pictured animals into the lives of viewers. Do you view a calendar? I'm not sure. Well, People who have the calendar, anyway. In this way, the calendar is designed to entice the public to think about their ecological impact and to develop a more sustainable approach to their lifestyles. Forestry Bureau says the area between plains and mountains, the Satoyama, if you will, are the most frequent area of human activity, and the animals found in these areas have greatly enriched the lives of children. Really? Yeah. If the animals are big enough, maybe the children have enriched the lives of the animals. (laughs) Uh, Many animals found on the fringes of human activity have become less prevalent in Taiwan due to the loss of habitat, Uh, and the Forestry Bureau hopes this initiative can bring about greater awareness. The calendar will be available to buy at the Huashan Creative Park from December 1st to December 7th, so you've got to get in there quick. Surplus copies available at the National Bookstore, Guojia Shudian, in Zhongshan District in Taipei
1: after that from December the 8th. So there you have it, an animal fringe festival. Or maybe the fringy animal festival. You know, this brings up something that I've noticed, which is that all sorts of government sort of agencies, especially museums, which I guess you would expect, uh, come out with these calendars and day planners, and they're really beautiful each year. And it's not necessarily just the photos or the drawings either. The whole layout is very nice. Lots of nice decorative details and a very good layout too. If you are in the market for a calendar, a Taiwan Taiwanese government agency calendar is actually not a half bad idea. Well, that's all from us today here at Radio Taiwan International's English service. We hope you'll join us again tomorrow when we present Stroke of Light, Eye on China, and Chinese to Go. For now, though, from all of us here in Taipei, thanks so much for listening.
0: Listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Type A Taiwan. Again, that's PO Box 123 199 Type A Taiwan. Or send an email to RTI at RTI.org.tw. Again, that's RTI at RTI.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is FB.ME forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at FB.ME forward slash Radio Taiwan